and welcome to a tale of two rivals, where two co-hosts try to come to a consensus to share to you. One of those co-hosts is a numbers-loving nerd who just yearns for that Dynasty Championship, and the other one is a trash-talking, keep-it-simple, kind of back-to-back -back reigning champ. I am indeed your champion, Todd FF Banterman Foster, joined by... Oh, haters gonna hate, Todd. I'm back. I'm ready. Ready to have some fun. That, mu that music got me pumped up. It's been been a little too long since I uh, my hips were swinging a little bit with the tunes. The uh, I'm ready. I'm feeling good. Uh, I, I hope we got you pumped up. You pumped up to, uh, to continue to talk about how I beat you in the championship this year? Oh, Todd, you know, all you're doing is you're fueling the fire, man. Just, I'm, I'm, I'm going to grind more stats, going to offer more trades, going to uh, grind the waiver wire a little harder. That's all it is, man. Well, I, I would just like to let people know in, in our uh, fantasy football community that I did indeed trade for Alvin Kamara and Nuke Hopkins this offseason. So, daddy's getting stronger. So, um, yeah. So, I have some exciting news, Dave. Um, so, Dave obviously had his big breakthrough with the Dynasty Football Factory. And um, I actually was able to join up with the Dynasty Football Digest. What? And what? Todd, way to go, buddy. I love it. I appreciate it, man. I, um, yep. So, um, they were looking for writers. I reached out, um, and I finally found a forum to write a thousand words on why everyone needs to stop being such an ageist towards Julio Jones and why I believe that you should go out and buy him. So if you guys want to see what I had to say about that, go check out Dynasty Football Digest, along with all the other great things from them, from my other fellow writers and the, guy, the IDP guys who are a fellow within that network. And... Um, yeah, man, I'm um, I'm super excited to be getting started, and um, I have a couple questions for you, Todd. Go for it. Did you not just write a thousand words on Julio Jones because he's on your dynasty team and you're trying to trade him to somebody else? Oh, absolutely not. I, <laughs> absolutely not. I actually think that like I my favorite thing to be following right now is everybody asking what to get for Julio Jones. I personally think if you're getting less than two twenty twenty firsts, you're doing yourself a giant disservice. Um, I also think the fact that people are freaking out over some sort of logic, like some sort of drop off that has shown absolutely no trend whatsoever when he's been the most consistent receiver in fantasy football for six straight years. Let's get to the bait, Todd. So you're telling me you'd take CD Lamb and Jalen Ragor. Is that that's a fair price for for Julio or is that I, too much? I don't know if I even say yes to that. Oh, my goodness. I don't believe you. I don't believe you. That's fine. You can put it in front of my face, <laughs> right? I would think about it. I'm not saying I would say no to that. I'm just saying I wouldn't instantly just smash accept. Um, you know what? If you really want to know about what I have to say about this, go buy your own magazine and give it a read. <laughs> All right. I have read your, your your article. It was very good. It was very good, Todd. Very. Thank good. you. Thank you. Thank you. So, uh, but yeah. So of course, you know, like you know, Dave has his writing gig. I got mine, so you know I'm like, all right, Dave and I are in equal territory with this game, and then Dave has to go out and one up me and get invited on to the Open Bar podcast. So uh, big deal, Dave. Uh, how was how was your experience on the Open Bar? It was it was a good time. I really like J Mike and uh, Gabe over there. They're they're a lot of fun, and I and I, I had a lot of fun interacting with Jesse and Swags. That I'd uh, briefly interacted with Jesse before. I hadn't really talked to Swags very much, and Really good guys. So I had I had a really good time. Uh, my first guest appearance was a little timid, but I've done some self reflection, Todd, and I, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to open up, bare my soul to you, give you a little flavor. I'm I'm here. To, I'm here to roll. I'm ready to throw down some stats and have a good time. Uh, I gotta say I did not watch the whole two hour, two and a half hours live. <laughs> um, I did watch the first hour and a half live, and you looked like the most excited little boy in your Scott Fish fishbowl shirt you're so excited to be live on the podcast i was like oh look at dave wearing a scott fishbowl you know what's funny todd i was like uh i was smiling a little bit i was like i'd be looking at i think you know and someone else would be talking for a while and i'd say you know i haven't smiled lately i gotta make sure i'm looking happy i gotta make sure I'm 
the, the smile, the, the the grin was ear to ear, my friend. It was it was it was good to see. Um, yeah. So so real quick before we jump into this, I just want to share something else that I can't believe I never knew, Dave, and you're gonna make fun of me. Um, I I discovered the draft network simulator for mock drafts. It is like the greatest thing that's ever happened in, in fake drafting. I can now simulate all my team's picks. I feel like it's my grandfather discovering Twitter. He's like, what's this thing? Oh, my God. The Draft Network has a, a yes. draft app? Oh, my gosh. Yes. I mean, I mean, so we, we recently got rid of our dial-up internet. So, you know, we decided to upgrade a little bit. And, um, you know, and I used the Google. And um, I was looking for mock draft simulators. And I came across this one. And I was like, how have I never used this before? And my life has changed. So, Todd's not shaving anymore. He's just like, you know, not shower. He's just, just constantly drafting. He's like, oh, who'd the Pats get at 22? Are they trading up? What, come on. What, what's going on at 22? What's going on at 22? Oh, man. Every time after that first round pick, I go, man, we have a long time before another pick. <laughs> All because <laughs> like, of Mohamed Sanu. Yup. <laughs> yup. That's true. Hey, at the time, I was fine with it. It was a move that they tried to make. It didn't work out. Eh, what are you going to do? But, um, yeah, no, as I was saying, like, yeah, this isn't good. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> hey, they got yeah. the, uh, some good comp picks, so we'll take it. We'll take that. But yeah. So, um, all right, Dave. So I, I think uh, what we'll do is we will jump into our topic now. And uh, so Dave and I on our last show we introduced our first two tiers of the rookie wideouts, and this was pre combine, might I add. We were doing this right before the combine, so now it's after the combine. So Dave and I might you know change a few things. So um, before we get into anything else, I'm just going to read off what we had last time. So um, Dave had, uh, out of his first two tiers, number one was uh, C.D. Lint, and number two was Lerager. Number three was Judy. Number four I switched was... it around to Jefferson. I moved Jefferson up a little bit. Did you move Jefferson over Judy? No, no. Jefferson's at four. No, I just Jefferson's I had at Jefferson at six originally, and I moved him up to four. Okay, you had him at six, and then you... Okay, so so Edwards is at five, which is still high. Uh, Higgins is at six, and then you had Tyler Johnson at seven. Yeah. Uh, I had Lamb at two. I mean, excuse me, Lamb at one, Judy at two, Higgins at three, Rager at four, Ruggs at five, Sinault at six, Jefferson at seven, uh, and Johnson at eight. And that was our two top tiers. So before we get into if we made any changes... I thought, uh, actually, I take that back. This was Dave's idea, which was a great <laughs> idea, that we should have said the first show is, how did we go about picking our rankings? So, good sir, of num- your number-loving your number loving nerd, let me know how you pick your rankings. Okay, let's, you know, so I actually started thinking about, I was like, oh, okay, are we doing this from just a pure fantasy? Um, like, who will score more fantasy points? Like, who we think is the best player? Who's going to be the best, like... Uh, Who's gonna, who do we think is going to be after the NFL draft? Are we trying to project into the future? You know, I mean, obviously we're trying to project in the future for fantasy points, but or like fantasy player, but like, are we trying to predict the NFL draft and how it's going to influence our rankings? And for me, I just kind of went about it like mostly where do I think the best fantasy player is going to be, but also kind of a combined with who I think the best players are. And I left room for after the NFL draft. Draft cap was a big part of my process. I'm going to move them. I'm going to probably. Like, I have Rager right now at uh, – I don't want to let the cat out of the bag. I have Rager pretty low, but I I know in my head, like, if he really does go top 10 or something like that – not mm-hmm. Rager. Sorry, I meant Ruggs. Um, if I have Ruggs go top – I have Rug low. If he goes up, like, really high in the draft, I'm probably going to end up moving him up, even though from a mm-hmm. production standpoint, I, I'm not the biggest fan. But, I, you know, I'm a slave to the pro- – or I'm a – you know – I got to stick to the process, Todd. So what about well, you? Wait, How do you go about well, it? Well, I actually had a question for you. Uh, what's more important to you, draft capital or landing spot? Um, Just on face so, value. Yes, face value, is, it's probably going to be – like just because someone's drafted top – like say someone's drafted 25 and someone's drafted 26, I'm not going to say, oh, they were drafted higher, so I'm going to take them. It's more of a quantitative, like first round, day well, let's two say, type let's, thing. Let's say, let's say late first versus late yeah. second. Yeah, so I'll obviously take the late first, but um, I know a lot of people were really got really upset about um, 
A.J. Brown's landing spot last year, and I was like, he still has decent draft capital. Yeah, I don't like the landing mm-hmm. spot, but I mm-hmm. was a very big on A.J. Brown, and I didn't let that deter me um, where I had A.J. Brown ranked last year. So that's just kind of how I go about it. It's like a, a little bit of a mix and match of everything, and some of it's – I hate to say it. Some of it's feel, too. I, I don't – I'm not just a – I'm not just a robot, Todd. So, but yeah. So what about you? What do you, how do you go about this? Is this just a, who you think the best player is? Who's going to be the best fantasy asset? I can't fight these feelings anymore. <laughs> I, I just feel my rankings, baby. I do. So no, it's so like no, a Jedi. I mean... You just feel one with the force. <laughs> um, I mean, I, my process is, you know, it's. I mean, it's just super subjective, which everything fantasy football is. You try to pretend like you're just always objective. That's bullshit. So, but for me, subjectively, like, I would say, like, I do like to kind of my my eye test is a big part of it. Uh, college production is a big part of it. But um, I mean, I've used a little bit of the analytics and all that too. Like, nothing too crazy. Uh, target market share is something that I'm definitely... a closet analytics freak now all of a sudden. He's, I'm not a closet he's, anything. He just can't yeah. let keep it back. Yeah. He's moving listen, Rager up the ranks. Listen, you haven't done nothing. That's all JJ right there. <laughs> JJ has sold me on target share, all right? Um, oh, his production value is so great. Um, but yeah, so for me, it's like... I would say for me, my big thing is it's definitely um, the, the film. I'm a big film guy. I love to watch film. Um, that's something that I really buy into. And then college production is a big part of it. And then, you know, like the numbers underneath, that's for me. The The combine really doesn't mean anything to me unless I'm like on the fence or if I'm like looking for a guy like that I would be taking like at, like at the earliest, like the late second round. You know what I mean? Or a guy, again, Todd, what do you mean? Like, so a lower guy who maybe has a big yeah. athletic upside all of a sudden? Yeah, like a big athletic upside. So, like, um, guy, I'll, I'll get into it later, but Claypool is somebody that, like, jumped up my ranking just because I'm like, yeah, I mean, like, I like those measurables, and he's worth, like, you know, a swing after you get through the first double digits amount of, like, wide receivers, you know? So, um, for me, mostly, I would say it's, like, watching film and college production, you know? And then subjectively i kind of look at how i feel about that and um for me like obviously when you're doing this pre-draft like you're kind of just a nut and you just want to make rankings you know where these rankings really can change drastically after the draft so i feel like draft capital and landing spot are extremely important and i can't separate the two but if i really had to go with my gut what i what i'm more what I believe in more is more important to me is landing spot. Because to me, if you end up in an offense that is well-established with a well-established coach, with a well-established quarterback, right? That's something to me that I feel like you're going to have consistency in your situation for multiple years. So to me, landing spot means more. If you end up as a late second round pick in kc and i see you having a role there and then unless you're a late first round pick for a dumpster fire of an offense i'm still gonna look at that second round pick and like what i see long term there more is that right no but for me i just feel it's safer you know but draft capital also shows me what a team's buying into like i was a guy that was talking about you hated daniel jones last year let's just get down to it and i don't like daniel hate, jones hate todd hate is strong i think maybe like a deep burning desire to never see him succeed maybe right. yeah. <laughs> can, 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 can we can we can we oh we'll, we'll go we'll go you were quite salty on daniel jones and for me like like I never, like, I feel like if you go back and listen to this, I never actually defended him being good. You know what I mean? I never said that Daniel Jones is like, You liked oh. his value. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, I'm looking at that. I'm like, like, oh, Daniel Jones is like, like, if you watch the tape, he's like the next, like, Steve Young. Like, I never said anything like that. But for me, it was like, obviously, they picked him so high for a reason, you know? So, like, that to me, and also in the Superflex League, like, a QB gets that kind of draft capital, like, you just gotta take a, you know, try it, man. You know, so um, yeah. I mean, so draft capital matters, but landing spots more important to me. So that's how I go about that. I would say that pre-draft, you're looking at um, 
Film, production, metrics, then combine for me. All right. So last week, Todd, I and actually a couple shows, I've mentioned how also some stat because obviously I'm a big uh, people know by now I'm a big age adjusted production guy. Um, and I you wanna, are? I know, shocking. And I want to try to do a little bit better job. I've been having all this data come in, and I feel sometimes it's really hard for me to get my head around all of it because I, I'm not an I'll, I'll be right now. I'm not an expert. Todd, if we're going to get down to it, you're probably a better better dynasty player than I am. Um, well, because you know, I'm so glad we have that recorded. So, <laughs> oh, right now, that's the thing. Right now, Todd. I'm not saying that tomorrow I'm not going to get better than you or the next day, but I will get there and I'll keep working my way towards it and I'm going to keep learning. So part of that is is my learning process. I want to try to get better at expressing what I'm learning and instead of just coming in with trying to have like a hot takey feel or a, you know, a, a rigidity to me, I want to try to express kind of what I'm trying to think. And for me right now, one of the things I've been really caught up in is look how like what stats I'm using. A lot of people I know – JJ Jackarison loves to use like the last year of uh, the last year of a, a wide receivers um, production. Some people like to use the best because it the, it matches their it shows their ceiling. For me, I, I like to do and and I've heard Peter Tower talk about this lately. And we're on the same page here. I really like to use career average, which is um, it's essentially just the season you know every uh, the stat for every season averaged together for whatever the metric mat, uh, the metric or stat is. So, and the reason why I like to use career average one is because uh, you know. Testing against fan success in the NFL for college prospects, it's, it has a very um, decent predict uh, predictive quality to it, uh, decent R squared. So that's one reason. But also conceptually why I like career averages, it instead of just talking about the best or like the best possible outcome, it kind of – when you average everything together, you'll see that there are certain types of players that stand out in it. And the players that stand out are, are the players who had the early production. Their production at an earlier age is higher, so their overall average is better. So it gets almost captures a little breakout age into it. So that's why I like the career average stat in general. Now it's not, you know, it's not the end all be all, but it's just a good way that I like to to use it. And I like to combine that with scrimmage yards. And what I really like about scrimmage yards, as Todd, is that they're a better way of capturing a player's role within the offense as a whole, instead of where like receiving yards market share is how they are playing within the passing or receiving offense as a whole. And scrimmage yards is just a slightly better job, in my opinion. I mean, from what I've seen, is it does a slightly better job of looking how the player performs within the offense as a whole. And it also captures players like, you know, Randall Cobb or Debo Samuel, who they're trying to manufacture touches in different ways and get the – when the head coaches know that these players have really good talent and they're trying to find different ways to get them the ball and be creative – and these innovative college offenses we're seeing nowadays. So scrimmage yards does a little bit better job capturing that. And what I in particular about scrimmage yards is I like to look at it as scrimmage yards per team play because it almost you capture a little bit of efficiency within there too, besides just production, because you're seeing how they are performing um, as, from a yard standpoint per opportunity as a whole within the call within their offense. So that's why I really like scrimmage yards or career average scrimmage yards, and it's showing that efficiency per every opportunity they could have possibly had on that college offense so um yeah so anyways um dave did you have any guys so let's go to our to our tiers so we're going to start with tier three but before we do that because obviously this is post combine we're looking at if any guys moved up into your tiers so did you have anybody that moved up into tier one or tier two territory for you so i kind of let the cat of the bag a little early in the intro but justin jefferson jumped up for me and it wasn't um from a combine it, i mean the combine had something to do with it but it, it was because i was too low based on his high school athletical measurements he said something like a 488 in the 40 yard dash coming into lsu at 180 pounds and for him to run i think what do you run a 443 or something todd yeah yeah uh, you know, a, a low 4-4, I was not expecting that. So um, I was a little bit too down on his athleticism going in, and I just I just corrected it. I, w- I uh, took the bias out of it, and I, I corrected it, and, I, and they just ended up lending it four then, going over Edwards. And I also moved Tyler Johnson down. I don't think I was paying enough attention to where people – I moved him out of my Tier 2 – um, and I just thought I wasn't paying enough attention to where he's probably going to end up going in the draft. So I had to get a little realistic – um, but I'm still loving my Brian Edwards, and I'm not moving off my Brian Edwards, Todd. Fair enough. I um, So for me, um, for guys we already talked about, 
Uh, Jefferson, I just moved from seven to six over Sinault. Um I now feel like Sinault is becoming an unbelievable value pick in the mid-second rounds. If you're, that's where he seems like he's going to fall. And I have a guy falling out of my tier two, and I would say uh, Tyler Johnson is now starting my tier three. So um, for me, the guy that moved into my tier two would be uh, Denzel Mims. So Denzel Mims, for me, was somebody that was catching... So right now, like, I would have had... So it would be Jefferson 6, Sinault 7, Denzel Mims, that ends Tier 2. Then the start of Tier 3 would have been Tyler Johnson, who drops out of my Tier 2. So so for clarity, Todd, you would be... If you miss it on T. Higgins, you'd be okay with taking Denzel Mims? Um... Yeah, I mean, no, okay, so T. Higgins for me is, like, I'm that one guy that's not dropping him. Like, he's three on my board, he's staying there, because I'm still really high on him. Uh, For me, like, Higgins is somebody that I almost wanted to put in the one spot, but he's just not in that same category as, like, Lame and Judy for me. So, I would feel, if I got Mims instead of Higgins... I would feel like I'm still getting a player that could have a similar chance to having his style of production. I might not be as excited. When I look at Tyra Johnson versus Higgins, that's where I say to myself, okay, now I'm a little upset. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, like, for me, like, Mims would be, like, the last guy that I could, before I say to myself, okay, I missed the boat on that tier two. Like, I would say you're looking at those eight guys are different. You know? Not saying that the guys in tier three are going to be good prospects they're going to this tier three is loaded in terms of like what most tier threes would look like but in this draft that's where i'm saying like mims is kind of the line for like that elite level of talent so the thing about mims for me too is is that between twitter and being on some dynasty nerds groups and like you know listening to that like he was getting a lot of buzz pre-combine and like you know, I, he caught my eye. I watched film. I really liked his film. He had a great showing at the Senior Bowl. A lot of good news coming out of him from practices. I don't buy a lot into the Senior Bowl, too. So, and then he goes out and he has a phenomenal combine, right? So, pretty much what he said to me was, is like, I'm hearing this guy's name a lot, so I'm digging into him. His numbers were solid. He looks great on film. So, I'm like, okay, that's somebody to keep my eye on. Then you see the Senior Bowl stuff come out. You're like, okay, that's that's a positive news. Then he blows up the combine, runs a four three eight, solid scores all around. He's a big dude, Dave. You know, like you know six three two oh seven, running a four three eight. That's some good stuff. You know, so to me, I'm like, you're literally just everything that's coming out on this guy is just adding and adding and adding up. To me, I'm like, that's it. Like I'm totally cool with moving him up. Um, so that to me it was just like there was too many good things in a row that he's just taking every opportunity to improve his stock so that's what got me to push him up into the tier two um so yeah it's like things i usually don't buy so hard into the combine and the senior bowl just along with all the other things i was hearing about him that was enough to give me some confidence in moving him there so um the things that i saw on film for him is he's got good speed he's very tough he's got good hands but his the way that he can use his body midair and that high point piece, he's gonna fight hard for contested plays. He's gonna be a very good like fade back end kind of a guy. I like his uh, potential to like be able to get the ball on uh, throws downfield, fighting on those contested catches. And um, for him, a big part of this is gonna be landing spot for me. So you know. And he also continued to... Sorry, can I ask you a question, Todd, about him? Yeah. Um, was he a more of a deeper down the field kind of guy, like a, a deeper threat and or like a um, like a 18, like 15 to 20 yard targets? Or was it was he getting stuff at the near line of scrimmage too? I, he looked more like me to get like a 15 to 20, uh, to 20 uh, yard kind of target guy. I mean, I would be lying to you if I watched a ton of Baylor games, which I did yeah. not. You no, know, I just didn't know because I didn't like. I, like in most of the in most of the film I've watched with him, it's like the ball is being thrown downfield. He's more of a okay. deep threat, you know. Okay. And to me, um, I also don't see how he could not be. I mean, with between the the speed and the size, um, I I could see him possibly 
being pretty good in those intermediate routes. Also, like, with, with his size and the fact he has good hands, I could see him very much being able to work over the middle and being able to catch that ball in some traffic and, you know, be able to take a hit, you know? But, um, you know, so his sophomore, junior year, he had eight touchdowns. Senior year, jumped up to 12. He, he didn't have a phenomenal junior year with 55 catches and 794 yards. But sandwiching that, you got over 60 catches with over 1,000 yards in the sophomore and senior seasons. So really, really good production. Um, so he's kind of a guy that, depending on draft capital and landing spot, I feel really confident about putting him in that tier two. He could easily fall out of my tier two if the draft capital and the landing spot's not there. So pre-draft, tier two. Post-draft, easy you can see him dropping out depending on what happens there so that's how denzel mims end up in my in my second tier all right so i might as well give you my uh, thoughts on him just to wrap him up for us um he comes in at me from as in my tier three he is the number nine wide receiver overall for me mm-hmm. um he and there's definitely room for him to move up he could if you know if he goes first round in the in the nfl draft which is he's getting nfl first round draft round buzz now post combine um he probably he might move up into my tier two. I don't I don't I don't uh, I don't really know, but there's definitely room for him to go up. But as of right now, he's nine because for me he I just you know he didn't like you said he didn't produce as much as you would like early on in his career. Um, he's probably I mean, developing a little bit. He might be a little raw. I know he wasn't he like a track star or something like that, Todd. Yeah. So yeah. maybe he had to learn a little bit more, learn about the position. So that that that's not like a death knell for me because he falls right on the borderline for. Breakout age. Some people have his nineteen. Some have his twenty. I have his twenty, but it's not. And you know, he he got to school a little bit a year later than other people, and he can't control like when he graduates high school. So, um, I'm not going to try to ding him too much for that. And and but when he did produce, his production is, is very good. He's like his scrimmage yards. It's all you know, sixty six percentile or above in in scrimmage yards market share or his yards per play is very high and he has you know decent scrim average scrim tds of seven per se- you know seven every year averaged anyway so the only thing is i'd love to see him get a little bit more returns be a little bit dynamic that way but yeah his production though todd is a flat out he has a very good production profile minus the little it's a little bit later but it's i i think he is promising if he's gonna be a higher a higher draft pick todd he is definitely someone who could provide some value if i i don't think realistically he's gonna be a, a, a day two pick probably like a an early like a mid-second round pick in the nfl yeah. draft so just just to throw out some prayer profile things um so his 40 was in the 96 percentile his speed score was in the 96 percentile burst score was in the 90th percentile catch radius in the 96 percentile college dominator is the 86 percentile and then you're looking at uh his breakout age was 67 so it's not like great but it's not like horrendous though either so um yeah so those are things to be like if those are things that get you excited you should be excited about him you know you know um, i've come so far todd away from you know two years ago todd if we've been talking about i'd be like probably my number two wide receiver in this class yeah well to me like again like these are things that like whenever he's player profile is like it's like i love the work that they do i have a lot of respect for it you know i'm not gonna bash it whatsoever you know what i mean but um i it's just fun to me i i I enjoy looking at this stuff it might not it might be something like exactly like if i'm on a fence man like this might be something just to give me that push i need you know what i mean it doesn't drastically change anything for me and there's nothing more i like to do than compare players to other players so <laughs> i mean it, it's just fun like it's not like i'm expecting him to be the next whoever but the fact is comparable is chris godwin i was like ooh, uh, that, that gets you excited to look at you know so um yeah, so I, I'm i high on Mims, and like I said, the big thing with Mims is it's like a to-be-determined. Like, I need to see the draft capital. I need to see the landing spot on him. And, like, if that falls into place, I could easily see him moving up my board too, you know? So um, you had him at 9, so that's in your Tier 3. So yep. that means at I haven't seen your number 8 yet. Or Where's 7. Your... Yeah, so my 7, actually, Tyler Johnson's my 8 now, Todd. Tyler Johnson's um, your 8. 8 that's now, right. yeah. So yeah, so we, we talked about Tyler Johnson in the last one. So who do you have at 7? A player that normally, so I'm trying to change. I'm trying to be open, Todd, and you know I'm usually a size speed freak um, who really likes the guy. Their wide receivers be you know like 210 pounds, um, over six feet. But my next guy is KJ Hamler. I like um, KJ Hamlin. He, yeah, he's he's interesting me. You know, he went to Penn State. His production compared to the other people or the other wide receivers at Penn State is through the roof. So his scrimmage yards per um, per play is very high. 
is, is like a 79th percentile. But when compared to the other players in his wide receiver core, he smashes them. Um, so he really was a star. Um, his size is not what you would like to see. Um, he has a nice breakout age. Uh, and it's just his size isn't, isn't the, the best. And he has that dynamic return ability, Todd, that I like to see. So he's going to have to be test well at his pro day. He's got to show the speed that everyone talks about that you see on film, that I've been told you see on film. And he's got to be show some dynamic a playmaking ability as far as athleticism is concerned um, to be when he's a little bit smaller. So he, I'm not saying he's Tyreek Hill at all like that, Todd, but I hear that's the type of player that he's going to have to be to be successful. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, he, so he's actually the next guy on my list. So we were at number 10 for me and it, it was, it was Hamler, you know? Uh, so KJ is somebody that I really like, you know, clocked at that at four, two at a uh, 4.28 at Penn state. Uh, kind of got swept on with like Rager and Ruggs there. Um, definitely a guy who like who would be an excellent addition to a dynamic pass office in that slot position. Um, if he's looked to be the wide receiver three and playing that slot, that's a perfect situation for him right now. But it has to be in the right offense. But this is a guy that's so fast, extremely quick out of his cuts. Uh, definitely somebody who you could see being dangerous on a screen and definitely having some ability to have some yards after the catch. It, it, can I ask a question too? Because yeah. I'm actually really interested because this is when I don't watch film, I like to ask people like you who do watch this stuff, is he wasn't just close to the line of scrimmage too. He could intermediate part of the field he got the ball too, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I, I would say, um, okay, when I watch him, he, he doesn't remind me of this player, but the way that he reuses, it reminds me of the way that the Patriots use Julian Edelman. Okay. All right. So Julian Edelman really plays a lot like over the field. You know, he'll run all the way across on a, like a drag. You know, a lot of screens and stuff like that. Maybe Hamler can throw the pass. I don't know, man. You know <laughs> what I mean? So, um, I mean, so I mean, there's other players that get used like that. But you know, I'm a Patriots fan, so I've seen Julian be doing he it does, for years. He doesn't have the toughness that I would think that Edelman. Like he's no, no, no. I'm not, he's like I, thirty pounds less. No, 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 no. This is not a player comparison. Yeah. I'm talking about in scheme. You know oh, okay. what I mean? Okay. Like, in, in terms of scheme, how, like, an offense utilizes him. You know, like, using that intermediate part of the field, get him into places where he has space to run afterwards. It's not always a screen. It's not always behind the line. He can run that slant. He can run that drag. You know, he could probably get down the field, and I haven't watched a ton of, seen a lot of that. But really what it is is just get the ball in his hands and let him just be an athlete, you know? And in the NFL, like, that's a very important part of an offense because it also opens up things down the field and it opens up your your passing game opens up your running game having that guy that can like open things up while you just like makes keeps defenses honest and not stack the box that's a guy that you really want to have um i had him in debbie and i miss him so much because i traded him and i would have looked forward to him but you know I, I end up using him in a deal to get travis kelsey so i can't be too mad but um yeah, I the guy who was uh, wanted for me was a Penn State fan, and boy, it was obviously he wanted him. So um, yeah, so that's a, that's how like when I drafted him, he was just a name on a sheet that I drafted. But then I like that guy got got my attention, so I have kept an eye on him for the year. Um, the team, so for me, I've thought about him a little bit. My if I could pick where I'd like to see him be most successful in the fantasy roster, it'd be in Atlanta. Okay. I, I would love him in Atlanta. If you put him on, on the slot with you got Ridley and uh, Julio on the other sides, I like him in uh, that slot piece. And you, you're not going to – for me, I do not expect a lot of touchdowns from him. Just don't. It, it, it's going to be about receptions and yards. And also, like, if this is a dynasty, he's an investment. I don't see that first year being explosive, you know. But, um, yeah, I like him a lot. But, it, again, landing spot. Big, big landing spot guy. Where yeah, he fits me, in the scheme. He's. So I have a hard time believing he's gonna ever like he's gonna get above the seventh spot for me in my rankings. This is feel like as high as he can get for me. I'm expecting like almost a best possible outcome for him. Yeah. Um, Seventh's high I, for him, but I respect yeah. that. I I'm actually a little out of my comfort zone, but I just the way that the players lined up. <laughs> it, it's funny because he's not my typical play. I mean, he's got decent production. He's got. But he doesn't have, you know, he doesn't have that that size and, and speed I like. Or he has this, he supposedly just the size and weight that I like to have for my players. But he makes up for it with his production and his breakout age and his dynamism. So, uh, anyway, I'm, I'm good on Hamler. I'm interested to see where he goes. 
where the NFL actually values him. All right, so we've already got up to my 10. So right now we are up to your number nine. So you had Hamler, Tyler Johnson, Mims, and who do you have at 10? 10 is uh, AGG, Antonio Gandy-Golden, out of Liberty. Dave, I love you. Uh, <laughs> Why do you say this? I have Why, no what's ball- up? I have no balls. I have zero balls. Um, <laughs> All right, you want to play that? You're a better um, fantasy player clip in the, in the future. I'm going to play that in the future, too. <laughs> <laughs> we'll play it. Um, just on loop. Um, I freaking love him. And um, it's all eye tests. Uh, I'll admit it, man. It's just watching some YouTube mixes, and I just love watching him, man. I'm just like, oh, my Wait, God. You didn't, you didn't, on Saturdays, you didn't park it for must-see Liberty TV? <laughs> yeah, Liberty right. football? Well, actually, Liberty did play UMass at home. At, well, UMass was at home this year. I almost went. But um, I did not, you know, probably something about being a dad, most likely. Um, yeah, so, no, I – Go ahead. Your guy, number 10, okay. go for it. Yeah, so he's number 10. He has, you know, a smaller school guy. And with these smaller school guys, I need to show dominant college HS production. He broke with 19, which is, that's, that's you know, right where you want him. He has um, a gr- great size. He has a great size. I don't actually, off the top of my head, I don't know his size and weight, but his BMI is 60th, which isn't a big deal. But that just gives you a feel for, you know, how his, his, his height and weight is. But, and then, but his, as far as production, he's an 82nd percentile in scrimmage dominator rating um he's got yards per uh scrim yards per play at 1.09 which is very well it's 84 percentile and then he's also a td guy he's got average 8.3 touch scrim touchdowns per season at liberty love it um i so i heard some actually some negative stuff coming out about him coming out of the senior bowl like he didn't like he couldn't handle level of competition i don't know uh, maybe he's going to take a little bit longer to develop against nfl competition but his his he had a decent forty time. Um, I think it was like in the four four six four. But at his size, uh, when you uh, adjust it for for weights, I'm trying to get to it. But when you adjust it for weight, he's got you know he's got a 79th percentile high adjusted speed score at 106.5. So he's you know might his his uh, his forty doesn't jump out at you, but when you adjust it, it's excellent. So that's what I need. I, I need the production, the breakout age, the sp- the size speed, um, the size of speed. What else do I need? And I, I hope he goes in the top. I like him to not. I don't want him to go past round three, Todd. I yeah. don't want him to go past round three. Uh, he's 6'4, 223, by the way. Yeah, so, so that's so a that, big so, boy. Yeah, so he's moving pretty good yeah. for a 464. Yeah, I mean, so I have him at 16, and it's not because I don't love him. It's because. 465, yeah. Yeah, it's because, you know, it's just such a good class, man. You know, uh, he's got a similar build to T. Higgins. And uh, for the eye test, this guy is just an athlete, man. Like phenomenal body control like high, high point points catcher, I was say, yeah, high points breaks tackles makes people miss he just fights and makes contested catches yeah so the lower competition you know but i get that but the thing is is like if you really want to dive into wide receiver history jerry rice Went to a small oh my school. God, no, no, listen. Todd to me. brings listen up the big guns. Right, Todd brings up the big no, guns. Jerry Rice, small school. <laughs> T.O. Chattanooga. Randy Moss. Marshall. It's not like great wide receivers. I mean, that's your top three, possibly right there. They all came from small schools. What more does a guy like good players come can come from small schools? That's all I'm trying to say. I'm not saying he's in their class. I'm just saying it's that position that escalated quickly. Jerry Rice, Randy Moss, dude. I I just want to do a whole episode where we pretend we got to draft Jerry Ma- Jerry Rice while he was playing. Uh, uh, my God, just go look at his numbers, man. Man, if you played fantasy with Jerry Rice, that was you're nuts. not old enough to play that, Todd. Uh, no, yeah. I think I, I had him on the Raiders on one of my fancy teams. Okay, great. Good for you. Um, <laughs> so anyways, um, actually, he's a very big part of my Julio article, that's, so that's a good point. But, um, yeah, so anyways, but no, my point being is that, like, small school guys have that can have that production. You know what I mean? Hey, Julian Edelman, Kent State, man. You know what I mean? Like, I, my point being is that, like, you don't need to, like, just sell a guy short just because they played at Liberty. You know, like... Plenty of guys that come out and like perform from smaller schools. You know what I mean. So like, I think that's my point. Is that I, I from what I've seen with him on film, 
the guy could have a chance to be a very good player. I'm excited about him from what I see. So um, the fact that I'm at 16 is because I have no balls, and I like so many other guys too. So, um, yeah, in my heart, he's probably like top five. But in my rankings, he's number 16 for me. So I'm right in the middle for you. I'm right in that, that, that in between. I'm right at 10. Yeah. So uh, let's see. So you were at 10. Uh, my 11 was Edwards. So who's your 11, Dave? So keep it, Todd, he is a fast riser up my board. Henry Ruggs comes in at 11 for me. He was 13 before the combine, and it had nothing to do with his, his 40 that he ran. I just – I've been listening to a lot of – like. I feel there's so much buzz from the film watchers about Henry Ruggs, Todd, and then also where his draft capital is supposedly going to be. Yeah. Um, I think that I you're sometimes analytics people can be really stubborn about sticking to the numbers, and you got to listen to these other input factors. <coughs> and I I'm, look at how flexible I'm being, Todd. I'm so flexible moving up to eleven. I feel so like I, wow, look at me, you know. <laughs> but um, in the great words of Taylor Swift, I'm just gonna. Shake it off. Shake it off. <laughs> so, I mean... Shake, shake. I, I actually have some questions, Todd. Did Henry... Ru- How did they use him at Alabama? Was he... Did he have to get manufactured touches? Was he, like, in the backfield? <laughs> no, I'm being serious, Todd. Did they have manufacturer um, touches? Was I he, mean, like... He, did he, they have to he would get reverses him? and sweeps, but, like... The thing that I saw the most about him when you watch him on film is... He's been used a lot over the middle of the field on, like, a... Like a I'd say, like... No, more like a ten in, like more like a like a drag or like a or like a ten yard in. You know what I mean, ten twelve yard in. But every time he caught the ball over the middle of the field. So this is the thing between him and Rigger when I watch film is that it's tough to judge Rugs versus Rigger because whenever you see Rugs get the ball, he's wide open. Like he didn't like, and when he is contesting, he is a freak athlete, dude. Did you ever see the video of him dunking in high school? I don't know how someone can be on Twitter in 2020 and not see him dunking. It, I mean, I'm not trying to say it does anything to my rankings, but it's impressive. Oh, it does, Todd. It, it does. It don't, does look- don't. It does. I know you're a closet uh, high school basketball fiend. There's nothing and- closet about that with me. <laughs> well, maybe might, maybe the maybe I, the audience doesn't know, Todd. So yeah, I'm trying to link it out there. There's nothing so. closet about that. Everyone jokes about <laughs> I, like to, I like to go watch high school boys all the time, but um. But the thing is, is like for me, is like when you watch that, like the athleticism and that kind of athleticism you see with like in the dunking video, you see when he makes like a contested catch. Those are the things that made me fall in love with rugs, is the athleticism, which comes out in the speed and the vert and all that. But to me, like whenever you watched Rager versus Rugs, Rugs is wide open with all this space where you get to see that speed on in like in prime view with space a lot. Where with Rager, he's got, like, always two guys. he's got two guys on him. <laughs> At all times, you know what I mean? And he's fighting it, you know? So I feel like here's the thing, though. It's like when you say, like, that Rager's being able to prove it, it's not like Ruggs had an opportunity to do that, too. That's what my point is, you know? And, like, I totally get it with the market shares and not being able to play with other guys. That's an argument I've heard on multiple podcasts. I still don't buy it. Like, drop all your numbers you want to. The guy played in an offense with the second-best wide receiver in this class, the guy who could be a top three wide receiver in the next class, and a guy that could also be a top five receiver in the next class. You know, I so, have a I have a hard time believing that the four. So, the the argument to that Todd is, is that what's I forget the guy's name. The, who's the four? Is it Waddle? Jalen Waddle, who's going to be the yeah. who's going to be the best receiver on that team next year. He's going to be better than Smith. So. That's so okay. That's all right. I'll be interested to see that. Um, the cheetah. So, so the thing about Waddle is like there was so much. So those four players, Todd, in that offense, and there was also Julio Jones size chunk production left over from those top four. You know, so if you'd think if you had four players who are that good, they would be doing a lot more um, eating up that market share. Like for example, OBJ and Landry. They they basically dominated that offense. They they, were, they didn't leave any room. They were so good they left no room for anybody else. And I would think that if those players were that good, they would do the same as well. So I mean, for me, um, man, like I, I I I get the argument, but my point being is that like you you can't like just fault the guy for just not being surrounded by other good players and like I, I don't know, man. I there's gonna be good players in the NFL too, you know what I mean? So, 100, 100, and I also think you have to factor in the fact that um, 
there was a QB change in that in that situation. They have you know they also have to have Harris get his touches. So JJ Sakarisen says the best Todd. He might have better NFL value than fantasy value. He might be a very good NFL player and how he how he expo- he's explosive yeah, stretch I, the field. I don't deny that at all, but I also think that we're also undervaluing what he could do in a, from a fantasy standpoint. The thing about it is, is like when you get a guy that is an explosive athlete like him, and every time he touches the ball, and he's also built really well, might I add, you know, is that he he's a he's a threat to be able to pick up a lot of yards and score, right? And the other thing too is the the fact that he can. Uh, so, he, uh, before I say this, he is not Tyreek Hill. All right. Yes, we've. T- I think we discussed that before. He's not Tyreek. He's, he's not, not Tyreek Hill. But what he does a lot that Tyreek Hill also does is is Tyreek Hill can also go and get and can go deep and catch the ball and jump for it, which Ruggs can do too as a speedster. But it's also what he can do with catching the ball on a screen or, or in those shorter routes that makes him a dangerous player. I really like what he could do in an offense that isn't. You know, and the other thing about Bama too is they kick the crap out of everybody. You know what I mean? So they don't really need to use him in certain ways. You know, so I I I could get the argument that like he didn't rise above, but like wait till you see what Jay and Waddle does next year, and then you come back and tell me, well, why was he doing last year? Because he was surrounded by like three other guys that are going to be like like day one or day two wide receiver picks. You know what I mean? I, I'll be interested to see who is the better wide receiver in that that team next year because all there, people four could of those ar- wide people receivers, could argue. What's his name? Who's the guy who went back? To, I can't remember his name. Devontae right Smith. Yeah, people might argue that he was the best wide receiver in that. He he definitely performed like it last year. It felt like that he was the best wide receiver. Okay, in that they can argue that they're wrong. Um, he's number four on, out out of all of them. So that's how I'm just gonna fly out and throw that out there. Um, but yeah, so but at the same time, though he's four, I'm not gonna disrespect him. He's still a guy who could be a fantasy asset. All four of those receivers are gonna go probably in round one or two in the next two drafts, which is insane, you know. So whatever, throw out what you want to make the argument. Oh, you'll be plenty of other good players in the NFL too. Like JJ, like I, I get it, man. But like sometimes, no, I, I think the context is completely different here, and. Um, Landing spot's a big part of that. So, obviously, I had Rux 5, and you put him 11, which is just madness. So, um, just freaking madness. It'll be an interesting. It'll be an interesting. That's a way where we diverge. It'll be interesting to see how it goes there. I mean, 11 pre-draft. Now, I, I like I said, I have I have a very good chance where with draft capital, he might not be as my eighth wide receiver. Who knows? So, All right. so let's pick up the pace here. All right? So, yep. for me, 12. I have Chase Claypool. Chase Claypool <laughs> was nowhere... Near anything for me. You've and, turned into me, Todd. You've turned into me. No, nah, not really. Athleticism. Oh, drooling over the athleticism. So, he has some decent production at um at Notre Dame. Like, it wasn't like he was like a scrub. I mean, he was a good player, you know? If you go look at his numbers, I mean, he had a huge senior year, 13 touchdowns. But before that, you didn't really see as much. What I do like about him along with the measurables and all that is is that all this so like talk about using him as a wide receiver i'm like oh, okay you know if you can get that slash in there that's what i like him for as a 12 you're looking at number 12 here right and to me i would say 12 13 14 15 and 60 in my list could all be interchangeable easily by landing spot and draft capital like within a heartbeat right so but for me with claypool is like the ability that he could actually be Playing at two different positions is amazing. I don't need to go. If if you're listening to our podcast, you you know what Chase Claypool did at the combine, and he blew up. So to me, at a 12 spot, I like him there. And um, Dave, wh- where do you have him on your list? He doesn't make my list. He is on. He's not in my tier three or tier four. I uh, he just doesn't do it production wise for me. He can't, he can't beat out Miles Boykin. Um, Oof, that did hurt my argument. Uh, <laughs> like, and I'm sorry, like, man, it's not, what is Notre Dame wide receiver done for us lately anyway? Like, I, ugh, just, I, like, if he was so, so the, the argument for me is if he was I'm so. About, I'm about to slap you with Golden Tate. I'm about to slap you. Like Golden Tate was, what, that 10, 12 years ago when he came out now? Um, That's a bit so, of an exaggeration. Isn't he like 32 years old? Yeah, it's like 10 years ago. Well, I'll find out his draft year So. Right now. 
so I, I have it right here, but I, I or I have it. But anyway, so like the thing with about me is Chase Claypool is if he was so good athletically, so dominant, why weren't they just giving him the ball this time? Like if he was that good athletically and is so good as his athleticism is saying, he should have been dominating. He should have been Calvin Johnson. People want to say, oh, he's Calvin Johnson level athlete. Well, Calvin Johnson as an athlete dominated in college, Todd. He dominated Georgia Tech. So don't yep. freaking even put him in the same breath as Calvin Johnson as an athlete. Calvin Johnson could freaking crush him. With his freaking pinky, right. as far as his, a- his anyone production. put him in the same breath as Calvin Johnson, probably but don't they're, understand. They're, they're whispering. They're whispering it. They're whispering it. Talk. Yeah, they're no, whispering. Oh, I, look at, look I, I see that. It, it's insanity, man. It, it's about it's about supporting your narrative there. That that's ridiculous. Combines um, do not have that much away on fantasy relevancy. It's combine. What it does the most is it influences your draft capital. That's probably what it does the most is draft yeah, capital. Yeah, but I mean that's for me too. It's like we'll see where the draft capital is and. Um, well, keep in mind, I have him at twelve, Dave. Number no, no, 12. no. I'm, this isn't for you. This is for yeah. the straw man argument. <laughs> so, this is the, I'm building a straw man argument here. Yeah, God. yeah, this, yeah. So like, and the guys that I like, I have like the couple guys I have right underneath him, um, it, or you know, those are guys that I could easily put over him too. It's just that like, where Claypool lands is something that makes me very interested. So, Dave, I'm gonna knock out uh, three guys in a row. Just so, right, just for it. space. Let's do it. Rapid fire. Let's go. All right. So I had Claypool at twelve. I have Brandon Ayaku at 13, who looks phenomenal and dynamic after the catch. I love this film from uh, Arizona State. Another speedster, elite speed guy, great agility. There's potential there. Obviously, landing spot's a huge deal. Donovan People-Jones. That's a guy that was the number one high school recruit coming to his class. He was in Michigan that, like, they like to play this 1950s running-style offense. Not a very dynamic offense. Terrible quarterback use, insane athleticism, easily a guy I could see being a better player than a college player. I could honestly see him moving up my ranks depending on his landing spot and draft capital. That's a guy to me that's a sleeper because of his lack of production in college. There, people are going to be low on him as they people should are, be. People are high on him now, Todd. They are. I know they are. Over. I know they are. But those guys that are that crazy about him can also take him much earlier than I would too. But um, I'm just saying he's very intriguing to me. So then I at 15 is a guy that um, a lot of people are hammering over to, which is Michael Pittman Jr. Uh, Was he tier three or four for you? He's tier three. These are all tier three. So then uh, 16 for me would be AGG, Antonio, Gandy, Golden. So that ends my tier three. So like for Pittman Jr., big productive athletic wide receiver he got consistently better over his time at usc which i liked seeing um he's a great route runner but they there was some speed concerns coming up in the senior bowls about him and that definitely shows up on tape like when you watch him run away he's constantly looking behind him to see if people are going to catch him which i'm like ah you know they're not that fast then um I need to watch more film on him, but like he had a he, decent forty time for his size, a ninety first percentile high adjusted speed score. So yeah, I I'm not gonna argue with that. But for me, it's like I I need to watch more film on him. But like people love him, you know. He is one hundred percent a a landing spot guy, and that's a guy I like to see in a patch uniform out of the fifth round. All right, um, and I'll just quickly go through. Um, Don Peoples-Jones, he was the third best wide receiver on his college offense. He actually has a breakout age, which is at least something. That's like the one thing I could say about him. At least he broke out at age 19. But I understand, was it Shea Patterson, who was basically a running back? Something like that? Mm-hmm. Um, throwing in the ball. So I understand that. But it, but if you have, again, I'm going to go back to the same argument. If you have that kind of elite athleticism, that kind of profile, you should be dominant at a program like Michigan. I mean, I understand Michigan has some decent recruits, but if you were that elite of a recruit, that elite of an athlete, you should be dominating that offense, and he did not. And I understand, like, quarterback play plays into it, but good wide receivers still do bad, or good wide receivers still do well with bad quarterback play. They, they you know, they're better than their, at least their, their, their inferior, inferior teammates, at least. So, and this isn't, I'm not arguing with you, I'm just arguing on the whole idea, like, People are going crazy about Donald Peoples Jones now. I'm just sick. I'm like, come on, guys. We've been over this. Combine does not is not, it's more about production, more about landing spot, more yep. about draft yep. capital. And it, so, and this is I'm not I'm not disagreeing with what you're saying, Todd, because I know you have him relatively low. It's just my point is is that like, guy, like we say this every time. We're like, ho ho, watch the people's process who just have people flying up their board because they're a combine. Yeah, and that's not me. Like the combine definitely affected me. Like. 
in this like mid-teens range you know what i mean which i think is like this is where it's like take you know take your shot you know what i mean like you're not making anything too crazy here you know so brandon Ayuk todd for me is i was thought he was gonna be faster i thought he was gonna be faster yeah um yeah that's fair uh if he's such a speed i mean four five is not a death knell but it you know at his his size what number do you have he he's 14th so he's the last i actually debated whether he's a three four three uh tier three guy or tier four guy and he's at the, he comes at the end of my tier three and he 14. ends tier three for you okay um with chanel comes in at right before him uh i think chanel's athletic testing he has the injury or whatever oh, but injury con- at 13 good Lord. so it's just an injury concerns are uh, like <coughs> are a factor in his entire college career and just his stats are his stats are okay scrimmage stats are okay I just think if he was that dominant of an athlete, I think they would use him more in returns. Um, if he's that dynamic, if he's like a running back after, if he's a running back after the catch, I think they would want him to punt returns. They didn't do it. Um, I will say, I think I've said this to you before. At least he basically is going to get that QB drafted from Colorado. So yeah, he did, you know he did. He has some positive things. I just it comes down to I have players I like more than him. It's I'm not saying like he's a terrible player. It's just it comes down to the depth of the class. Where your argument was, oh, he's a little bit low for me. It just comes to the depth. Same thing with Chenault for me. Um, Who'd you have at twelve? Uh, I, so the guy we haven't talked about is Isaiah Hodgins. Um, I saw that coming. So he's from Oregon State. He has a great breakout age. His and, production. And be, be, before you keep talking about him, when I dug in on him, I go, this is a Dave guy. <laughs> so one thing that I will say, I actually reached out to um, Tass Assassin on Twitter, uh, Zach Reed from the Dynasty Dummies, and to say, Love hey, that man, guy. Yeah, he. Oh my God, he's a great guy in this community. But um, get, oh, definitely. Get, I mean, if you're listening to us, you probably listen to Dummies, Dummies. So, but anyway, um, I reached out to him and said, "Hey, look, I haven't. I, you know, I always listen to your podcast. I'm trying to for film advice, and I haven't heard you mention Isaiah Hodges yet." And he said, "Oh, I'll get, I'll get back to you, man. I'm, I'm gonna look him up, and I'll, and I'll get back to you on it." So I'm, I'm excited to see what Zach has to say on Isaiah Hodges, how he played. But the metrics, his like scrimmage, his scrimmage numbers, Todd, are excellent. Seventy-four percentile combined scrimmage dominant or a scrimmage dominator, um, scrim yards per play, seventy-second percentile, and then touchdowns, seventy-first percentile, six, average six point seven. So would have liked to seen some better testing numbers from him. But okay, he comes in at twelve. Um, we'll see where it lands. But I could see him being a fifth round draft pick at this point, and he could probably fall for me. Yeah. Um, but. I still like him. I think he's interesting. He's got, I think, what is he, 6'4"? Six, six, I forget how big he is off the top of my head. He's 6'4". Yeah, so I think mean, he definitely feels like a red zone guy. A lot of big receivers in this draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, a lot of 6'4 guys, which is interesting. Um, I have him my tier 4. Um, I have him at 18. Actually, nope. Breaking news. Todd is about to add somebody into tier 3. He's you're just, moving him up? Uh, nope, nope. I'm moving somebody else up. All right, let's hear it. Who? So at number 17, now ending my tier three, is Lynn Boyden. Oh, he's in my tier four, but yeah, Lynn, Bow- Lynn Bowden is, or Bowden, Bowden, whatever. Is, That's I my like boy. him, Todd. Oh, man. I like him a lot. Oh, my God. I I'm mean, surprised that we both feel the same way. I, Dude, it's the, okay, narrative. The guy filled in a QB as an emergency and made them competitive. He led the AC, the SEC in rushing as a QB and Kentucky and he's a phenomenal athlete. Like, this is a guy that, like, that's a football player, you know? I don't need to look at stats. I don't need to look at combine numbers. That His stats is, are good, Todd. His stats are good. I don't even care. Like, just the film and the narrative is enough for me to say, like, that's a guy I want in a patch uniform. And if he ends up in a situation where he's going to get an opportunity— I want to definitely use the third round draft pick on him. He, he feels like an Edelman. I mean, I, I hate when people say like they, everyone just throws Edelman out as a comp. But yeah. I'm sorry, he is he's the closest Edelman comp that I can think of. That is the perfect comp because you know what the thing that people always use for Edelman that they never really talk about with Edelman is it's the toughness. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like I like like Bowden looks like a tough, competitive heart soul football player you could have some guts to go out and play quarterback in the sec you know what i mean like to like as an emergency basis that and takes some do guts. it well <laughs> like that takes some guts i'm all in on this guy so yes our breaking boy jay, news our, he, our boy jay mike todd is a big fan of him um from so uh, you know i I'll, I'll just say is that limboden uh 
he went on my radar after J Mike started talking about it. And I looked at his stats. His his scrimmage stuff is is excellent, Todd. They, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and he and he and he has like eighty career returns, Todd. I heard today on a podcast that he has something like he had five punt returns as a junior or something like that, and he scored two touchdowns on those five returns, punt returns. It's crazy. Like so, yeah. insane. I mean, that's off of memory. Right? That might be exact. Yep. And that was here all hearsay, but like that just blew me away with how dynamic yeah. and how he could be used. So he becomes my seventeen. And then uh, my tier four is only two guys now because I had I had him in there. Uh, so Hodges I had at 19, and then I had uh, Devin. Um, it's on tip of my tongue. Uh, the kid from Texas. Uh, Devin Duvernay. Duvernay, thank you. Another speedster. I think that he's a kind of guy that fits a nice mold as a slot guy in the NFL. His absolute draft capital in slot even makes him even possibly draftable for me, and in a four rookie in a four round rookie draft. You know, he's a uh, track star. Yeah. So um, that that ends my my four tiers, but Dave, I'm gonna let you rapid fire to end us. Rapid I'm just gonna, fire. So, but hold on, oh, I'm gonna sorry. throw out my one sweeper, my okay, deep deep sweeper, who I think is a priority free agent pickup for your waiver wire because this guy will not get drafted. I really like Omar Bayless just off of his production and where he came out of, and yeah. that's the kind of guy that I. You know, K.J. Hill also is a guy that no one's really talking about. Um, but those are two guys that I don't see them getting drafted um, in rookie and four-round rookie drafts. If you have, like, a five- or six-round draft, they're guys that I would target. So those are two guys that I really like as, like, flyers. All right? So yep. Finish us. All right, so I'll, I'll go rapid-fire here. So, bo- so we covered my Tier 3. So I have a small Tier 4 as well. I think I have five players in it. Um Lynn Bowden at, at 15, Michael Pittman at 16. I actually moved him up by um, – I liked a little bit earlier breakout for him, and his scrimmage statistics aren't that great, however, but he did have a little bit of returnability. Um, so, you know, Michael Pittman, he liked the film guys like him. So, okay, six, comes at 16. A small school guy that I like a lot that I haven't heard much people talk about. I think he's like the cousin of Sammy Watkins, Quez Watkins, Todd, out of Southern Miss. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got some pretty good statistics. I mean, his size is not anything to be desired, but he's got some pretty good scrimmage statistics. He's showed some return, dynamic returnability. He's got some good speed, decent breakout age. Um, I like Quez Watkins. And then I like that pick, Dave. Um, but then my real sleeper, Todd, I'm going way down deep, is uh, I actually have an article coming out for on him um, either Thursday or Friday over at um, Dynasty Football Factory. Aaron Parker at a URI, Todd. Uh-huh. This is not a homerism pick. I was surprised. Like, I actually did see him play as a, as a freshman or sophomore, which was – I actually – that's you. That's not me. I'm not a college football guy, and I actually seen him play, which is funny. Um but he was a dominant, you know, he broke out at, at true freshman at age 18. He was actually a college, or a high school quarterback and defensive end. He was recruited as a linebacker to URI. And he as a, switched to wide receiver and dominated right away. His scrimmage statistics and his average, um, his average scrimmage average over his career is elite. It's like 95th percentile combined scrimmage yards market share. Um, yards per, scrimmage yards per play, 90th percentile. His touchdowns, 81st percentile. And he did this with another combine invitee, and some people might actually, some people have him ranked higher than Aaron Parker is Isaiah yep. Coulter. Um, so, you know, a lot of small school guys, Todd, they say, oh, you better really produce because you don't have a lot of competition. Well, our Aaron Parker actually had some decent competition in his own, um, his cousin in Isaiah Coulter in the backfield. I, I go into a, a lot more in depth in my article. I had a lot of fun um, getting to know this URI product. Um, pretty cool story. I uh, would have liked to see him test a bit better in some of the, some of the things. He had some really bad testing, and some, but his speed was okay. Um, yeah, I was really, I, I, Aaron Parker's a guy that I'm probably going to keep an eye on in camp or as a like a waiver wire pickup. Um, but he's just an interesting name for me. So yeah, that's it, Todd. So Dave, can you read off your one? You have 18 guys in your top in your top four tiers, correct? I actually 19. Gabby Davis comes in after that out of UCF. Gabby, but, um, Gabby Davis. Okay. Can you read off 1 to 19, please, sir? All right. So, yeah. And um, tell us where your tier break is. Yep. So, tier 1, CD Lamb is at rank 1, Jalen Rager at 2, Jerry Duda at 3, and that's the end of the tier 1. Um, tier 2 is Justin Jefferson at 4, Brian Edwards at 5, T. Higgins at 6. Um, and then tier 3 is KJ Hamler at 7, Tyler Johnson at 8, Denzel Mims at 9, Antonio Gandy-Golden at 10, Henry Ruggs at 11. Uh, Isaiah Hodgins at 12, LaVisca Chenault at 13, Brandon Ayuk, or Ayuk, 
Um, at 14, that's the end of tier three. And then to tier four is Lynn Bowden um, at 15, Michael Pittman at 16, Quez Watkins at, you know, the, the last three guys, I'm not sure where, what order, but Quez Watkins at 17, Aaron Parker at 18, and Gabby Davis at 19. All right, sir. So mine is I have at number one, C.D. Lamb, and number two, Jerry Judy. And that is the end of my tier one. Tier two starts with T. Higgins. And number four, Jalen Wager. Number five, Henry Ruggs. And number six, Justin Jefferson. And number seven, Sinault. Number eight, Denzel Mims. And that ends my tier two. Kicking off tier three is Tyler Johnson at nine. KJ Hamlin at 10. Uh, Edwards at 11. Chase Claypool at 12. Ayuku at 13. People Jones at 14. Pittman Jr. at 15. And AGG ends tier four for me. And then I got Duvernay and Hodgins rounding out tier four for me. So that's my 18, guys. And Dave get his 19. Dave, tell the people where to find us. Um, you can find us at A Tale of Two Rivals on Twitter. He is Todd FF underscore Banterman on the Twitter shirt. I am FF underscore Spaceman. Dave Wright. You can find my running over at DFF underscore Dynasty um, on Twitter or Dynasty Football Factory. Um, I got two articles coming out this week. I'm pretty excited. One about how to do your uh, a guide to building your own fantasy database, and another one on URI prospect Aaron Parker. Todd, where can they uh, find where you're writing at? You can find me at the Dynasty Football Digest. Also, I recommend if you're an ID person, yeah, go check out my my fellow writers over at the IDP guys, who I hope be jumping in with at some point in life. So um, I'm gonna have something coming out about just breaking down Judy and Lamb a little bit more, just to kind of you know get my feet wet with the whole rookie writing piece. Um, but yeah, Dave, I had a great time. You had a great time. I did, Todd. It was fun. All right, we'll see you guys next time. Keep ranking. You have no balls, Todd. You you have absolutely no balls and no respect for Henry Ruggs. <laughs> 